Okay, last call. Order now before I turn on the lights and you really see what's going on with yourself. I just want to start this episode off by saying, go dogs. <laughs> we're done. We're not rolling on no tides tonight. We we pissing on some tides. Go dogs. <laughs> I've got my dog inside my apartment, just fixated, watching the dog. He's not there. a bulldog, though. He's a pit bull, so he's, you know, yeah. well, he'll fit the bill tonight. Uh, um, just like a, you, think they, you think they got what it takes? I think they do. I think they do. How fast of a pace do you think this game's gonna be? It depends because they're both running. They're both running teams, mm. and they both play defense. Yo, so I think the pace of the game will be like the clock will be running constantly. At what date do you have to stop saying Happy New Year? Uh, a weekend. It's over. Don't tell me Happy New it's Year. It's over, right? I mean, this is the first what podcast of the. Of, of the of the 2018, right? I can't even say of the New Year. But so of like, the 2018, I haven't, I, I've seen you, right? If you haven't seen me since New Year's, it's all right. Within the first seven days, to wish me a Happy New Year. No, I don't know. I don't know the cutoff. I, I think that's. I think that's. I've fair. said Happy New Year to people on January 21st. <laughs> I was going to say in March. <laughs> people Happy New Year. Um, no, I think the first week is like the. Uh, uh, the cutoff. Well, well happy like, new year to the listeners. Yeah, we missed you Haven't spoken to y'all in, in a couple weeks. Word. It's been a while. You know what I mean? My name's Ken. I'm Nick. I'm Dave. And you listen to and, the last call and, podcast. And Dave and Nick are sober. <laughs> don't don't not include me in there. You know what I mean? Are you sober as well? I'm, I'm serious. You're joining the yeah, sober team? This is, listen, this is a movement, folks. This is dry. dry it's, they say dry January. Wait, wait, wait. Ken said he's joining the sober team. Yeah. What, listen, what, listen. What, what caused you to? I mean, bro. I mean, I, I do this, though. Like, I did this last year. I did it last year, too. Yeah, me, I, me and I Dave did, did it last year. Last year. That, shit, that shit was fun. Because me and Dave <laughs> would be in, we'd go out to spots and we'd order cranberry and ginger ale. And that was it. You know what I mean? Um, no, it's a wave. It, it's not. It's not abnormal. It's actually encouraged to do it. Yeah, I know a lot of people that do the whole January sober thing. But I do like last year. I did sixty days. This year, how many days? I'm going to double that. This so 120? 120? 120. So we're all on the same one. Oh, you guys doing one twenty two? Yeah, one twenty. Twenty. All right, it's a party, folks. Nigga, you knew we was on one twenty. I didn't know that. All right, I didn't. He knew. All right. All right, you guys get inside. Right, have you cut out any anything? Yeah, I outside? cut out juice as well. Okay, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I never really drink. I I never really no. I drink partake in juice. juice like that, but I just added it as a bonus. I'm conscious with the juice. Any juice I drink is a hundred percent juice. Like I don't drink the ten percent, zero percent, twenty five percent. No, it's it's gonna be a hundred. But even with a hundred percent juice, it's still like thirty grams of sugar. Right. So that's why the only well, juice I'm gonna drink is if you take an apple or a pear and you actually put it in a machine, right. and I'll drink the juice. Yeah. Right. But I'm. Not drinking any store bought bottled Welch's, any of that. Yeah, no, that's the stuff that's like the ten percent. Not like, like uh, even a hundred percent Welch's uh, Concord grape nah, juice. I mean, it's like forty grams of sugar I mean, in that like, joint. Like a like a not like a like a Martinelli's, but something lighter than like like organic like even, cold even, press like cold press juice. Even Martinelli's got to come in. That's like hundred percent apple juice. Got to come in like those new Mar- 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 Martinelli's apple juice. Be like. Five dollars for the little fucking two hundred milliliters. Like yeah, you, you give yourself diabetes for that five dollars. <laughs> I'm not drinking. I don't drink Martinelli's. I might have had Martinelli's one time in my life, maybe twice. Is it fire? Yeah, it is. Is it Martinelli's? Is like the Harlem version of of Cristal. Like people talk about Martinelli's, like it's some fan. It's it's apple juice, dog. <laughs> like it tastes the same way any other apple juice tastes. I've cut out um, red meat. I have not eaten, but I, mean, I started before 
even New Year. So what are you, a pescatarian now? I'm trying to go pescatarian, but it's just hard to access fish all the time. You mean? Uh, um, it's expensive. That too. And um, New York doesn't necessarily have the cleanest selection of fish. See, now that's what I was going to go into uh, as well, because... Um, I mean, so I live in Queens, right? So in Queens, especially in Flushing, it's a heavy Asian area. So you can get fish at around anywhere from five ninety nine, seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine a pound, right? Salmon. But what I've heard is that what a lot of the Asian places do, and this isn't being stereotypical, even though it kind of is, but I've I've heard things, man, that they will dip their fish in peroxide to maintain the non fishy smell, and, and and to it's I mean that's not good. You. You're not supposed to dip fish in peroxide like that. That's weird. Yeah. So uh, so there's like little things like that that have me fucking nervous. But I've actually linked with um, this dude in Brooklyn who's opening up uh, uh, his fish restaurant. And it's going to be uh, pretty fucking dope. It's going to be off Bedford in Brooklyn. Uh, I'll plug it once he opens it. Um, but he catches it's, it's all wild caught fish. And he'll have... Um, you know, specials and shit like that, and um, that's what I'm about to go to for my fish, and just buy like a rack of fish and uh, 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 season it, fillet it, all that stuff, so I can have fish that's accessible during the week because you can't really find fish out. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're ordering, and even if you do, you don't know if it's wild caught. If it's yeah, you know I don't saying, do any of the farm raised. raised. I don't exactly. do the farm. Have you ever seen what farm raised fish look like no. in a tank? This Never. Crazy. It's disgusting. I've seen farm raised uh, salmon and catfish in tanks. Right. Like you could just Google it. It's crazy. Like if you Google farm raised fish tank, it's about think think of a tank that should be able to fit like say 30 fish they're like 200 fish in that tank just on top of each other swarming eating the same food uh shitting in the water all of that Ugh. it's just nasty and then on top of that like the salmon they add coloring to the to the food to make the salmon look more pink, pink. yeah it's crazy man yeah. the fish my my boy's dad does a wholesale fish and he said do not ever order scallops from like a Chinese restaurant Mm-mm. or any cheap. And we shitting on Chinese people today, boy. No. <laughs> it's not your fault, B. Like, if you if you order scallops from an inexpensive restaurant, most likely you're eating some bad stuff. Like, right. it's not good. For I'm not you. big on scallops to begin with. I love scallops, yeah. but it's mm. a it's a fresh, shitty meat. Fresh like, scallop though. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm not big on scallops. You know what's good? Oysters. If you well, well, speaking of oysters, all right. So you know how in New York. Or California, you get oysters. They're usually about the size of yeah, the East you know, Coast like and the West Coast ones. They can fit in the palm of your hand. Right. You go to New Orleans and you get some charbroiled oysters. Those That's joints as are big as, as big as your face. Yeah. Like crazy good though. No, I've seen I've so seen good. Those, Man, yeah. I went to a, like dinner party. Oh my god, New Orleans has the best food. I think New Orleans might have the best food in America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, up there. I know like cuisine like 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 Cajun cuisine. Mardi yeah. Gras is in February. Man. Man. I've never been done Mardi Gras. Haven't been in a few years. It's been a, You've been a few Gras years. You done Mardi Gras? I've done Mardi Gras a couple times. Give me brother. some stories from Mardi Gras, man. Nah, man. <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. I uh, just know. Just know. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a good time, honestly. Like, just stay. You don't have to go far to party. You right. can go to fucking Burger Street like every night. It's always gonna be something different because you're gonna like try to make it down the whole strip, and it's impossible. And you're not supposed to make it that far because if you get that far and like when it gets dark. In the dark area on the fridge corner, like you don't really want to go over there. No, it goes down over there. It's, it gets crazy. All I've right. been on, I, so I've only been in New Orleans once, and you I went was for NABJ, on, right? Yeah, I went for NABJ when I'm at Detroit roasted. this year. 
Yes, it's in Detroit, Michigan. I might fuck with it. Um, Oh, yeah, you know Detroit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went to New Orleans, and I I was assuming Bourbon Street was a lot different than what it was. Like, it's dirty as hell, bro. And, 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 you know, when everybody pours out of the bars, middle of the night, you see all these rats on the street, whole bunch of, like, drug addicts walking up and down. You know, you're kind of looking around a little cautious, like, all right, I need to make the, the French Quarter is no joke. Nah. And, um, but uh, I will say shit. this, though. That's off-season shit. Like, so during Mardi Gras, you can't tell none of that shit because it's Every, so many, so many people. People, yeah. people everywhere, right? I will say, though, the best gumbo I've ever had in my life came from a back of this dude's car <laughs> at, like, 4 a.m. He was selling it out the back of his car in that's cups for, like, that, $5. That's disturbing. Well, that's disturbing. <laughs> I'm all about that street food. I'm bro. about that street food that's, shit too. Dude, that's Wait, where you what get it the best like? street food. Did he have a sign? Real, did he have dog. a sign? Nah, he didn't have a sign. But this is what happened. I saw these dudes. <laughs> nah, I saw these dudes. I saw this bouncer. He had a pickup truck. Nah, he had a, a minivan. <laughs> so there was this bouncer outside of this. So the bar. side door was open or was the back door? I'm so, trying wait to figure a minute. Out how you knew? I'm trying to wait, see this listen, shit. listen, listen, listen. So. There's a dude, these these two bouncers, they're eating, and they're just like, you could tell that they're eating like some of the most delicious food. I'm like, yo, what restaurant is that from? They're like, restaurant? From my dude's truck right over there. Turn my head, see this dude scooping up gumbo out of, a, 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 you know, the big orange Gatorade coolers? Wait, <laughs> the joint from high school? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those dirty yeah. Gatorade coolers? Yes. That's, so that, I'm that like, shit was Friday night life. I was uh, looking though. I was like, "Yo, is it really that good?" He's like, "Man, I'm telling you, this is some of the best gumbo I've ever had, and I've lived in New Orleans for 25 years." Went over the truck. I was like, "How much for some shrimp gumbo?" He was like, seven dollars." I was like, "I got five. He's like, "I'll give you about a half a cup." Out the back of his truck, he yeah. better give you that. Yeah, it was delicious. Damn, half. He said it's seven for a cup. He said give you seven half for a cup. Yeah, for five. That's kind of. <laughs> you should have got a little more than half, man. That's sketch. You're bold. So it was good though. It was delicious. Did you buy more? I would have. If I you also had more had than five dollars. I also had the best fried chicken of my life at Willie Mae's Scotch House. Uh, check that out if you're ever in New Orleans. That Actually, I think they're. Known you know for where that. it is? It's in Tremé. They're like the show. The oh, show yeah. Tremé. Yeah. yeah, it's uh it's this house. Isn't there usually like a line outside the door? There's for a line. Way? There was a line when I went there, and I was like, oh, shit, I finessed clubs. Let me try to finesse this restaurant. So I went to the front of the line and I told the woman I was by myself and she was like, oh, if you're by yourself, you could just eat by the bar. Went by the bar, bruh, I almost fell asleep halfway through the meal. Like, MSG kicking in. Oh my God, it was so good. Chipping and finesse. It's 2018, so I'm starting off the year clean. Clean eating, Mm -hmm. been working out. Been boxing. Yeah, I saw you boxing in the gym. Yeah, yeah. You were you tried try to have your have your shirt off with with the motherfucking my the, speed with, bag. With speed bag. Mm-hmm. It was hot. I hear you. It was hot in there. Was it? Was it really that hot? It was hot. <laughs> was it really that hot? Like an oven in there. You don't have no, nobody has a leg to stand on in this fight right now. So we might as well just stop it. Um. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're all so I mean, so, we're not gonna talk about Ken's. Uh, we're all guilty of it, man. Gym <laughs> selfies. I'm in there. <laughs> I'm putting them out there. I'm putting them out there. Classic, just center masked, little bicep action in there. Yeah, man. Getting it in. Little shape. <laughs> yeah. Do y'all have any Hashtag New Year's? Do y'all have any New Year's resolutions? Are we doing that? I mean, I have New Year's goals. I don't have yeah. resolutions. Uh, resolutions to me can end after like February. Resolutions, yeah, it has a bad connotation. Plan tickets to get stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Goals. 
Yeah, I, I set, some, set some goals. Yeah, I did benchmarks. a vision board. Benchmarks. I try and do a vision board. So how does a vision board work? Because I thought about it. It's a very it. simple concept. Kevin. I mean, no. I mean, <laughs> okay. Yes. It's visualization. Well, for AKA. folks that don't have a vision board that haven't put it together, and you have, mm-hmm. how did you put together your vision board? Mine is simple. I mean, some people, they, they put all the bells and whistles into it. What I do is I go on Microsoft Word or Google Docs. I literally get verbatim of a, a picture of what I want, put it on a paper, and then write a sentence under it and kind of manifest it on the page. Print it out. And like me personally, I have somebody bless it. And then I just like put it up in my crib for the year. And by the end of the year, look back on it and see what I accomplished. So um, what like what are some things that you have up there? Do you the first thing I had on there was uh, I, I put like keep God first. The second thing I had was uh, start a consistent workout regimen. Um, and then I put a picture of myself when I actually used to work out for some motivation. I was like, mm-hmm. damn, I used to actually kind of be kind of ox. Let me get back to that. And then the third one LeVar, I put. LeVar ox or like. Lavar used to be Ox. Yeah, I don't know how he lost that man. That's yeah, I mean, he, crazy. Got, he turned fifty. <laughs> right, that should happen. And he still doesn't even look that bad. No, I mean, he's tall, like six, 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 seven yeah, tall he, guy. He's not fat. Um, no. But uh, yeah, I just put a few things oh, yeah. on there. Working out regularly, uh, doing my own side projects outside of my nine to five, um, things like that. Get nominated for a can award. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Um. Dave, you put together a vision board or no? I just kind of did a list of values um, that need to be paid special attention to. And if not created, more just made stronger. And then listed under those things, like what about those values is the reason, like what, how do I want this to actually enact on my life? All of that. I showed the connections between each of the values. So it's like a different, like, randomization almost of, like, oh, this one goes to the last one. The fourth and the second also go with the first. And then, like, I basically had it kind of like in a, not in a hierarchy, but just, like, all stacked on each other. And Mm. then under it, I had peace. Like, so basically all of these things are going to um, add up to peace. And then from that, define what peace meant for me for the year. And moving forward. Right. And then, boom, prayed on that before I went out and got drunk. Because <laughs> I was like, I, I kept, I, I'm a procrastinator like a mug, bro. Right. And, like, it was like uh, one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm going to do the goals. I'm going to do the goals. I'm going to do the goals. And I just like kept putting it off, kept putting it off. Then I wrote a list down maybe like two, three weeks before. And I was like, man, that's not enough, man. You got to define, you know. Because I feel like in the past, the reason why things haven't come to fruition for me is because I haven't specifically defined what I wanted and needed from what I wanted and how that was going to affect my life. And, and knowing like how this is like actual moves as, as, as opposed to going to get more money. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Because like, you got to actually like identify the area in which you want to attack in your life. So I'm so glad you said that because that's where kind of where I was going to go with how I started playing out my goals. And I actually did this from... Uh, when I lived back in, in, in Michigan and I was working with uh, AT&T, um, we kind of, well, I, so I worked, uh, I was um, uh, subcontracted out by AT&T, so I worked for like a sales force, right? So with the sales force, um, we would put together smart goals and not like, no, nigga, dumb goals. No, no, smart goals. So smart meaning it's an acronym, right? S for smart being specific, um, the M being measurable, a being attainable, R being realistic, 
and T being tangible, right? So it's it's a way to break down goals. So somebody was telling me the other day, oh, I have a goal where I want to buy a car this year. I was like, that's not specific enough. Right. Break it down. What car do you want? Yeah, you should be as specific as possible. How much do you, how much do you want to spend for the car? Right. What are the three things you need in that car? Do you want automatic shifting? Do you want <coughs> sunroof? Do you want leather interior? What color car do you want? Right. right? What year do you want? Mm-hmm. Break it down. Like, be specific. I want a white Ultima 2012 with a sunroof, automatic shifting, and doesn't matter. Yo, I'm, I'm all so about shit like, that. Stuff like that. So, like, that's how you're able to. That's now that's an actual goal. It's attainable, right? Yeah. It's realistic. And now you have it's uh, um, it's specific, right? But it's also tangible. You have it right in front of you. I want this car with this amount of miles, this color. And so now you're focused instead of. Like when you're throwing a dart at a target, if you don't have an actual target where you want to throw it to, then you're just throwing it anywhere, everywhere. But but, but I want to touch on a word you said, realistic. What about unrealistic goals? Like I love unrealistic goals. I mean, so I wouldn't say unrealistic goals. It's just more long-term goals, right? It's, it's, it's. No, I mean like, for instance, if if you, if you. Like what what would be an unrealistic unrealistic goal goal for me? To win, to be nominated for an Oscar next year, right? Why is that unrealistic? Because I haven't, I haven't, it, it's just unrealistic in the sense of for what people would expect, for what somebody's supposed to expect. It's not unrealistic in my brain, right. but for somebody else, it would be unrealistic to hear me say, I'm going to get nominated for an Oscar next year. Right, but. Or, or if somebody was to say, I'm going to get nominated for, uh, my, my album's going to become a platinum album, and they've never come out with an album before. Okay. You know what I mean? So realistic even with even with the uh the ultima like why not say a bmw a seven series or something like right. that if it's out of somebody's price range or they're mean like i feel i'm all about putting uh plans and goals in place that don't necessarily sound realistic to the common bystander well and i hear that i hear i hear you on that but as long as it's realistic for you. For you, yeah. Well, forget everybody yeah, else. Everybody else doesn't right? matter. That's, that was my whole point. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, if I if you were to say to Ty, Ty, I want to win an Oscar next year. Ty doesn't know your work that you've done right. with film. To Ty, that might sound unrealistic. But you know the work that you've done. You right. know the work that you have, the goals that you have planned. I want to get out X amount of films by the end of 2017 right. to put out into 2018 to build up my resume to build to put even more work into film 2018 you know what i'm saying yeah so like but i just i just want people to know like don't ever limit what your what your potential could be like based off what society says you're supposed to be at at this moment right because society for the most part thinks a lot of you should just kind of settle with being mediocre and just kind of being at 70 for people to be mediocre 70 percent across the board that's where you're supposed to fit. In. You're supposed to fit in that forty-five thousand a year, seventy percent, three kids. You're barely making it. You're just being comfortable. That's supposed to be okay. That's like the common for, especially for minorities. That's that's what you're supposed to be right. fitting in. That's into. the comfort zone. Right. That's the ceiling that you're supposed to, supposed to set. That's for like yourself. making it. Right. Now, in now, a lot of people's eyes. Now, had I not even known whether what his accolades and acting are. I'm just such a motivational person that I'm saying, go ahead and get this shit. Like, there is no limits. Just as long as you put the fucking energy I, I think, to I it. I think we need to exercise our clapboard for Let's just, uh, you know, throw some claps in there and 
You know, 2018 people were stepping yes. our game up. Yes, we technology are. is going up another level. Shout out, out to Ty. <laughs> Shout out to, to engineer extraordinaire. Right. We have a soundboard now, people. We're gonna put that. In Follow use. him at I am Ty Davis. That's right. S T Y. But yeah, man. Like I think 2000. I don't know what it is about this year, but everybody that I've been speaking to has said that 2017 was such a hard year for them on so many different levels that 2018 is just going to be about a, a year just full of breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Like 2018 is going to be 2018 is going to be one of those years where you just have to manifest your destiny. You just have to kind of like make it happen, speak right. it into existence because people went through some tough shit last year. Like politically, personally, um it was it was a hard year for a lot of people I know. So just go get it. That's what 2018 is going to be about, man. What I mean, the, the phrase for 2018 for me is going to be what your portfolio look like, though. Because mm. I think a lot of our, what I, them altcoins looking like. I'm saying so. I mean, altcoins, but like portfolio, because your portfolio could have some altcoins, bitcoins. It could have some regular stocks, um, blue chip stocks, um, penny stocks, whatever. But what's your portfolio look like? What are you investing in? You know what I'm saying, like, I think for us as a people, and you know, we're all minorities in this room. I I like I don't think we're given the tools and given the knowledge to uh to go out and say I want to have I want my portfolio to look like this. I don't think we're given the tools to like think in terms of what does my portfolio look like. I think we're merchants in a sense that we're are, are bred to be merchants that we're we're purchasers of society of materialism, but we don't own it, right? Right. We don't invest in ourselves. So like for for me 2018 is going to be completely investing in myself right my goals for 2018 i want to have 40,000 in investments and that's lowballing myself i really want to have 100 but 40 is realistic and attainable yeah, yeah. to me right yeah. so i want to have 40,000 in, in investments i want to have four new suits right that's that's the common that's what i want for myself kind of suits Gra- i want to have a gray suit a blue suit um a black suit but also some like olive green suit too. Ooh. yeah stepping out i'm yeah i, I want to have all of my bases covered you know what i'm saying that's what's up man. so like that that's that's the wave that i'm on are you do are you are you like uh are you cutting anything out in 2018 like or what are you looking at in 2017 from your sphere where you're like mm, i'm gonna switch that up for this year like i don't like the way i did that last year or i think that i should do something a little differently than i did in 2017 to make 2018 a better year for me by december i mean for me i i really want to when i when i say advance more i i so put it this way i want to attain this wset level three completion of on all phases i've completed part of it this is um the world spirits uh, edu- and wine world spirits wine and education training I once I have this like a, it's almost like a wine degree, right? For those that are interested in wine and uh, know like the top level is a psalm, right? A sommelier. Some is it? Well, how do you pronounce sommelier? It? It's not sommelier. It's not sommelier. That's the way it's. <laughs> it looks like it's spelled. <laughs> That's the way it's spelled. That's not the way it's pronounced. All right, everybody <laughs> laughing at me right now. Don't front like, like you, you didn't think it was sommelier yeah. as well. So so what, some people will say psalm just to get away with it, right? Yeah. So um, for Psalms, there's you have to complete four levels of the WSET. It's this the, the test comes from London, right? So 
you have to complete all four to be a master psalm, right? Right. right. Uh, or at least I don't want to say a master psalm because a master psalm is like, like a no whole nother other level. But psalm, like a certified psalm, you have to complete four levels. Um, I've completed level one, I've completed level two, and I've completed parts of level three. I don't even know if I want to take level four because level three is like in the 90th percentile, right? So you know more about wine than 93% of people in the world? Correct. So I mean, and that so wait, if I if I put up if I put a table right here, right, and I blindfolded you and I gave you three different types of wines, you would be able to tell me exactly what wine, what you know, what notes and and all that were in each each type of wine. Like you'd be able to describe everything straight up. If you were to put four wines in front of me, I could break down the tannins, the acidity. Um, at if I can't tell you specifically what it is, I could tell you what. Um, the alcohol level is in it. I can tell you. I can definitely distinguish the difference between um, a Cabernet and a Merlot or a Pinot Noir. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, as you can tell, my IG is fucking up on me right now. Um, but I can definitely distinguish the the difference between a Cabernet and a, and a Pinot Noir, all like off rip. Because okay, so I'm gonna tell you why. A Pinot Noir is lighter. A Pinot Noir, you'll get strawberry cherry sweeter nodes not sweet but sweeter nodes than a cabernet cabernet's heavier cabernet is uh darker uh you get a lot of black currant um don't you still get cherry or not so not so much cherry you'll get more blackberry more black currant um and now when get, you get these these tastes right what are the, the where does that where does the fruits come from do they put the fruit in there to ferment with the alcohol or something like when people say oh i'm getting a a black cherry on the nose so black like, cher- so uh, are, are you putting black cherries no, in these how you're, are not, you're getting not getting you're not putting black cherry i mean it more so has to do with the grape how long it's been harvested how hot it is so I mean, I, I, and I thought about doing this more and in essence helping me with the WSCT with every episode going into like some sort of wine note tidbit to educate the listener, but also re-educate myself on it and ingrain it in my head. So, but to answer your question, a Pinot Noir is grown in a cooler climate, right? Yeah. So a cooler climate will bring out um, those strawberries and those cherries and those more fruit forward notes right whereas napa where cabernet is grown mm. it's it's um grown on the uh leaves or on the grapes or on the i guess on the the stems the, the, vines, yeah. the vines are a little bit longer so they'll be the flavors will be a lot more bolder so but is the sun making the flavors bolder so the as well? sun had i mean so with winemaking it's very intricate like the smallest thing will completely change a uh, uh, uh uh, tasting profile completely alter the changing profile between how when it's harvested, like when it's picked if the difference between getting picked in two weeks three weeks can completely alter the taste of the wine whether it's um aged in oak or whether it's aged in a stainless steel barrel mm. will completely change the wine the temperature that it's fermented at and aged it, at will it, completely it, change the taste of the wine why would somebody age it in a steel barrel as opposed to oak so the reason why someone would be aged in a steel barrel is a cheaper that's what i was i was gonna ask is it cheaper or something because i would assume that wine tastes better in wood right it's well like so with stainless steel it's cheaper and it's easy to manipulate the um the flavors Hmm. um whereas with oak you age it and also with stainless steel 
it's not really being aged, it's just being held, right? Mm. With, with oak, it's being aged in the oak. So that oak is expensive. Every oak barrel is anywhere from ten to $25,000, depending on if it's French oak, if it's American oak, right? And how long you have those barrels. So a wine could be, and I have pictures that if anybody wants, I could can access them. I've been to these um, wineries where you can Everybody see. Everyone throw that up on the ground, man. I absolutely can do that. Um, where you can see like the date that the wine has been put in the barrel and what type of wine it is, whether it's Cabernet and it's been there for six months or a Merlot that's been in there for 18 months. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's very intricate. It's cool stuff. Like That's how I got into it was going to a winery in Europe. And after that, I was hooked. You know what I'm right. saying? I, I definitely got into it. Speaking of um, Europe traveling, y'all have any trips that you uh that you have in your in your sights i see ty shaking his head yeah, like yes ty, we're, 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 i got a couple ty where, where, where are we going where ty? we out to <laughs> where we at you, you let still. him know where we at as he puts on the headphones right. feel like he's about to drop ty, drop some spots ty you got a um a, a group trip for everybody Monaco. um yeah so uh well some stuff is going to be in state so next month i'm doing vegas for a couple days which vegas is, gonna is be, always fun it's gonna be dope um, in August, I am doing uh, like a little Europe kind of tour, doing like the London, going to Paris, um, might do uh, Vienna. Um, so a little, little tour thing like that. Um, and then I'm also trying to do a Costa Rica, but I'm trying to do that with a fellas trip. So I haven't set that up, but I'm going to let y'all know. I'm, I'm trying to do something tropical. That I don't know if it's good. Costa Rica, but this is one of the tropical spots. So Costa Rica sounds nice. Yeah. Um, Jamaica's on the horizon this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be in Jamaica this year. Oh, you're going as well? Oh, for a wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that coming up? Uh, in a few months. Yeah. yeah, we're going for a wedding, too. Um, but um, Europe is on the horizon in July. Uh, we'll see um, where. I think we talked about Portugal and maybe Paris. And Yeah, we're talking about like flying into Paris, staying there for two days, heading over to uh, either uh, Portugal or Spain. But most likely going to do Spain and Portugal in that trip regardless. Um, Porto in Portugal along with Lagos. Um, and I've always wanted to check. I mean, I've never been to Ibiza. I'm not a big house music person, but heard that the beaches are beautiful. And I mean, I have to party in Ibiza once in my life. Right. You did it. It was Ken. all right. It mm. was all right. <laughs> your, smi- your smile looks like it was a little better than all right. Right. Don't plan on sleeping much. Mm. Um, Sleep. Yeah. Who does that? Trust me. Two days all you need. Or yeah. two nights, I should say, three days. Yeah, you don't you don't need much more than that. That sounds awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, so I mean, we got like I said, the theme for the year, at least for me, is gonna be what your portfolio looks like, right? So we have uh, CJ on his way in. Uh, we had CJ on um, a couple. Uh, I shouldn't say a couple months ago. It was about a year ago to the date because I know I specifically remember it was after Trump had won, and he was saying that as bad as Trump might be for people, That's, like the, the market's gonna be amazing. He's here, so you might as well make good use of him and, and find out mm. to how to way to, to take advantage of him being in the office. Um, so he's gonna be in, and he's gonna touch on that. So before he uh, climbs in the barroom, um, I mean, there's a couple of things that <laughs> crossed my timeline today that we could talk about. One being um, the fuck up from h&m now i i can you believe i had some uh for those that don't know h&m had a um uh, a kids collaboration that they put up on their website or and then they uploaded onto to twitter and they had uh three kids 
Um, one was black and he had a green shirt that said the coolest monkey in the jungle. And then they had a white kid and he had an orange shirt that said like the jungle survivor or something, like the best survivor or something like that, right? Um, so I actually had people in my in a group chat that I was in and they were like, oh, people are reaching. Um, this isn't that, that wasn't that much of a big deal. Da, 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 da. And like not just white people, like I, a white person say it, but I also had like a couple mixed people, black mm-hmm. people say it. And I was like, you got to be out of your fucking mind. Okay, I have, a, I, have a, I have something to say. I think H&M purposely did this. I think H&M it's knew conspir- exactly what they're doing. Is this a conspiracy I think theory? you have to be a complete and utter idiot in 2018 to not have seen what has happened to Dove, what has happened to all these other companies that have had mishaps with race relations and certain marketing schemes. H&M put a black boy in a shirt that said the coolest monkey in the jungle. You don't think they knew that there was going to be backlash from the black community in this? This is what H&M is going to do. They're going to get the backlash. Uh, first of all, majority of people are still going to shop there, no matter all the shit they're talking. I on. don't know, man. I think, uh, they, I think they wait, might. Wait, wait. I think they might have like crossed the bridge with a wait. lot of people where they're just they're like gonna on do, some fuck yo, you. People type are shit. still buying. Look at Dove stock and see how much Dove stock has dropped. After we're we're a five day society, people get amped up about some shit That's for true. five days and then they forget about it and they go to the store. They see Dove on sale. They're like, yep. Yeah. I'm buying Dove. But I'm not Dove, be buying so let, so let me, but, but soap here, soap is a necessity though. That like, is a necessity. But like let me put some like fashion. But wait, I didn't finish. So and, and then at the end of the day, H&M's going to come out with an apology, a half-assed apology, and they're going to win off they they're, they're going to win cuz people are going to be like, "Well, they said sorry. I still want to rock H&M. They just came out with this dope ass Alexander Wang collaboration or whatever, and people are going to buy it. I already don't buy H&M and I'm not ever going to I'm done with H and M. Right, but the majority of society is that of a five days. People love to join something. People always want to join. Something. People still watch the NFL. This shit happens all the time. They did it on purpose. They did this shit on purpose, in my opinion, to get a reaction and to get attention. And more more eyes are going to be on the brand. They probably have a big project, a big collaboration coming up within the next few months. This is all bullshit for Q one. Q2, watch them come out with something that a whole bunch of people are going to be with. And yeah, ahead, I think man. it was all part of a scheme. No, what I was going to say is I just wanted to put some like like a, a fashion aspect on it. First of all, like if you look at the company and, you know, regardless of how or what people may perceive, like if you think about or if you're talking about um, European countries in general, most of them have a different expectation expectation of a view on race right um because they're less sensitive they are from sweden they're less sensitive about the shit uh because of the like american diaspora is like had allowed it's what fuels us to be so particular about how we're perceived whereas other countries are taking cues off of american blackness um as becoming kind of like the new standard or not the new standard it's been the standard since you know we were one of the first to be like publicly free and stuff like that right um, in a large society. Uh, but when you're talking about these countries like Sweden, Sweden is always known for having like mishaps with like race and stuff like that. And you're talking about a company, uh, which is a Swedish company, H&M, Hen and Maritz. Um, if y'all don't know what H&M stands for. No, yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't know. And I work in e-commerce. Oh, I've worked in e-commerce for an extensive period of time. And 
When you're doing that shoot, if you book that kid, you've booked that kid for the whole day, right? And it's probably him and another kid, and y'all just interchanging them. They're probably doing 100 outfits a day. 100 outfits a day. They usually do not do fittings because that's an extra day of shit. Usually they just get kids who are a certain size. That's just model 101. Mm -hmm. So in that, I'm like, all right, A, I want to see the other things he did on that site. Right. And I also want to see what you would have to also know the the other control of the that like hypothesis is what other kids were working that day with that specific photographer and stylist because sometimes they'd be like a whole like when I worked for Guild Group there was like ten cages of us between men's women's and stationary like who were doing shoots all day hundred shots hundred twenty five like different outfits so like I, I you know so, so mind you I'm not excusing you know H and M for the that shit, shit right. but I I. I, it's hard for me to roll with the like, you know what I'm saying? Because especially Sweden, which black is still a minority over there, and they're not selling to Negro people. They're selling to white people. And what was it? The coolest monkey in the jungle was a shirt. Yeah. But as far as like when that was put on the kid, whenever it made it on the kid and they were about to shoot that shit, the stylist should have been like, hmm, nah. Yeah, don't look good. We shouldn't do this. This isn't a good guy. Let's save it for the white kid. Because he probably was shooting with like two other white kids. And see, that's the thing. Like, I think if it was put on a white kid, I don't think no, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, just what I went. You know it wouldn't be a problem. That's why I think they did it on. Yo, I, you have to be an idiot not to know that. So look, so look. I don't think that corporate would an have approved idiot, it. An hey, idiot so or ignorant. Listen, listen. I don't think the corporate would have approved it, and I think that it's an oversight that Sweden. And Maybe Swedish, I guess you're what you're saying. I yeah. think that the stylist is probably the one who's at fault because I get it. They put it together. Yeah. It's even like because you get the, like the, a whole the, bunch of pants and then you get all the hoodies. They're like lined up, like forty hoodies, right? And then like so you're shooting each of the hoodie, like it's so even, you're putting it, it, it with it's, pants. It's similar right? to when um the dude Adams on the Thunder called Steph Curry a quick little monkey or something like that on the court, and he's from New Zealand. He's a quick little monkey. Yeah, and he, <laughs> <laughs> and he said it in a way where you knew he wasn't saying it maliciously. Right, but that's just but see, but see it's ignorance. That's the problem, yeah. though. It's the pro therein lies case in point. You know what I'm saying? It's like. For him to think that it's okay to say monkey because that's how usual and that's how innocent it is of him. That's when it gets bad when the like it's just the racism so ingrained becomes and yeah like where it becomes so a part of society that people become insensitive to it and it's just like you can be a nice person and say racist things like you can like that person and just say racist things that but that's what what people do like that's right. slippery slope guys sorry right no um another thing that caught my eye is um. Uh, apparently, genuine is over in fucking in uh, England. Uh, Ooh, what, what happened with genuine? Listen, man, <laughs> I might stoke some flames. What the fuck I'm about to say? But um, so genuine was on uh, BBC <laughs> what is he on tour or something. No, I don't know what he was doing. You're, I don't know. Uh, what he was you're doing a like, bad man, Kenny. I don't know what he was doing. No, because he pulled it up because you knew it was like, yep, yep, I'm about to pull up on this shit. Yep. Um, so Genuine was on a show He's being interviewed by um, white women One of them happened to be a trans woman And um, Where so, was he? It was in England somewhere Because yeah. it, it was on the BBC um, I have a feeling where this is going So The, the woman kind of pressed Genuine And was like No I'm a woman You know what I'm saying I identify as a woman and I guess I didn't see the get the whole context of the conversation to see where it was going, but like she tried to pull genuine. And genuine was like, "Yeah, you know, say I'll pull up with you." And she she tried to kiss genuine. Genuine was like, "No, <laughs> chill." 
Back up. You know what I'm saying? So, like, there were... And I... So, there are situations on Twitter where, like, there's, like, faux outrage. Like, when Michael B. Jordan came out with his white girlfriend mm. a couple days ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I and actually like, saw him and it, in L.A. with her. I didn't know that was his yeah, girlfriend. She's a joint. Um, But, so, like, there was, like, an, a faux outrage of, like, oh, black women is gonna boycott Black Panther now because Michael B. Jordan has a white girlfriend. I'm about tired of y'all, man. No, it was bullshit though because I didn't see nobody that was like. I'm about tired of y'all women, and, and <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna speak on this. I'm tired wait, of of wait, people. All get, right, go ahead. I'm so, not tired of that but shit. no, there was actually outrage from the trans community, and they were calling uh, genuine like homophobic trans because he wouldn't trans kiss because right. he wouldn't kiss a trans right. person. Well, but do you understand how oppressing that is, though? It's one thing to have a liberty, right? But it's no longer liberty. This is like constitution. There's no longer liberty when your liberties impress on the liberties of another person. Right. So he wants to be free and not get kissed in the mouth. Period. That's crazy. And because you're a trans. So if he was a woman, right? <laughs> if he was a woman, we're across the board on this one. I'm sorry. If if he was a woman <laughs> and a man was trying a a, a a man who considered himself a man a, a man, man. <laughs> was I a man was trying to, was trying to uh, kiss kiss her right would we discriminate against right. that would we would we or would that be sexual what? harassment you're not gonna <laughs> kiss him yeah come on man y'all yeah. here's a question here's a question because that woman used to be a man is there some kind of embedded patriarchy in that bro listen here's my take on this and i said because you like you can change genders but Here. like is it gonna be is it is the psychological stop gender it. role stop it stop it easy? stop it she was born a man Okay, yeah, Nick, so you can bring it. A, you can bring out your camera, record me, please. So if she's a woman, she was, she so was she's born a, woman a man, and so genuine she, knows she was born a man. <laughs> if she transitioned into a woman, you are a trans woman. Transitioned to a woman. If he doesn't want to kiss her, doesn't feel comfortable kissing her, he shouldn't be held to any type of regard or responsibility to have to kiss. I'm sorry. No, shouldn't of be. course not. Well, no, but there are people that were like, yeah, he's oh. like, would it be? If 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 she said she didn't want to date a black man or kiss a black man, would that be no race? Uh, so this ra that's race what, and gender. That's what I'm are trying to two say. Two different correlations. Okay, man. Yeah. But that's what I'm trying to say. There's there's other implications here on like what's going on in the mind of this uh, woman or whatever. Is like why why does she because being kind of entitled to like uh like a woman like she he as he now as a woman wants to be like taken advantage of almost like kind of like upholding. Like the the same shit, like the misogyny that it, people, it, especially in today's society. Doesn't that say like? Doesn't that say like? Oh, I'm a woman, so now you just need to start kissing because that's what men do to women. Like, man, you know what I'm saying? Like that's it's like what? Like that's twisted, bro. That's twisted. Let me tell y'all a story, man. I was in white. Nobody caught that part. I was I was in a white I was in white plains um at a bar with my boy. He was celebrating his, his oh, wedding. God. oh his god oh god I know this story. Oh, so um he, so we're, ride, guys. we're we're out and we're just you know we're just hanging I'm out with them just having having a good time and shit right so um he comes uh, we're we're chopping up with the bartender cuz I'm uh, not the bartender I'm sorry the bouncer and the bouncer is like yo you see that crew over there that was a crew of women He's like yo they're all dudes yo or so you thought. Yeah, he's like, no, they look like women. Right? He's like, no, they're all trans. He's like, they come here about every other weekend, and every other weekend they fool guys, and yeah, they <laughs> run game evil. on them. They run G on them. He's like, yo, I guarantee you. He's like, yo, watch this. So me and Odell were like, no way. We sitting back and we watching this shit, and yo, there was 
no and no lie the dude was a guy was making out with one of the girls like they were out there g guys right and i so i go to the bouncer i'm like yo bro you don't say nothing to these shouldn't dudes? that be illegal i was like you don't say nothing okay. to them illegal, no, not illegal, illegal. Much, it's not illegal but come on you <laughs> gotta be cognizant man so i'm like i go to the listen so i go to the bouncer i'm like yo bro you don't say nothing to these to these you know what I'm saying women, he, she's, whatever. I was like, yo, you don't say nothing to the guys and let them know. He was like, yo, it's not my, my business. I was like, nah, bro, man to man. You have to let these business. guys know. So I broke, I was like, yo, I got to. I was like, my man code will not let me let this go down. So, like, I this dude is kissing this trans woman. I break them apart. I didn't break them apart, like separate them. I was like, yo, bro, let me come talk to you for a second. I was like, yo, listen, that, um, that that's a that's a trans woman you're kissing. I just want to let you you know that, right? He was like, "Wait, you should yo his eye like he turned pasty white." Let me say something. I got something to say about this, though. Turned pasty white. I was like, "Bro, you I'm just letting you know the the trans woman comes and pushes me away. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> See, that's wrong. I was like, "No, no, no. What are you doing?" Listen. What listen, are you doing? Listen. You're fooling. You're getting over on dudes, man. Yeah, I'm not letting I'm not letting a fellow brethren go down like this, bro. It's not going I'm not going to let it happen. Dog. Not going to let it happen. That's my job. Man to man, that's my job. Dog, and and then what if he was like he turned and looked at you and said, "Oh, I know." <laughs> <laughs> no, in Tallahassee there's a uh, there's like a strip of clubs like right next to FSU. It's like the best bars everywhere. And it's like they got this one downstairs joint called Floyd's. And so like sometimes they just only have like neon lights in there so it's dark. And oh. They just got like neon drones on the wall and oh. shit like that. But they had, you know, they had they had four for one specials all night and like twelve dollar pitchers of like any mixed drink you want. So like you it's know, sloppy in there. Oh, it was getting sloppy in there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh so like I you know I once saw a guy like kissing a girl and I or kissing a you know and I was like in my head I saw him get I saw him get plastered and I was like honestly if you get that fucked up where you can't your security system is down cuz if he was sober he would have seen that if you get so drunk that your security system is down that's dangerous that's on you bro that's on you bro that's why I ain't stopping that cause that's you know dangerous. what cause she know that and she might be drunk too and yeah. she probably like oh it's finally happening he at least for shit. the next 30 minutes like I'm not gonna ruin nobody's joy you're a fucking dream killer Kenny that's what you so, are so what that's what you oh, are man let man. that man take that girl home and figure that here, whole thing out if he was out here looking crazy I would've held you down too well <laughs> family, I hope so. Family, I, I hope want a random would. man, a random man to go look out for you. Your I hope family. you don't let anybody's dreams live out <laughs> in my lifetime. <laughs> no matter what, like if you ran into like fuck Jan a dream, like if you ran into like Janet Mock or something. Man, that's down. just I just it goes down. But go wait, Pivot. can we can we can we touch back on the Michael B. Jordan thing? Because <laughs> even my mom the other day got me like I asked her first of all. All right, my mom's a black woman, right? She had ch a children with a white man, okay? So the other day, my mom was talking about um, uh, interracial relationships in Hollywood. Okay. And so, uh, I forgot what celebrity she was talking about, but basically uh, uh, there, was a, there was an outcry about this black successful man that was dating a white woman. And my mom was like, service him right that she messed up his life. I'm like, what are you talking about, service him right? She's like... She, he needs to be with a nice black woman. Why is he with this white girl? And I'm like, Mom, I'm half white too, you know. Like, you you had kids with a white man. Why can't a black successful man fall in love with who he falls in love with? Why do black women have an issue with a black man dating anybody that isn't black? 
but when they see Rihanna out here, you know what I'm saying, getting swirly. Right. Serena out here getting right. mixy. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? It's Eve, all good. Eve got herself one. It's all good. <laughs> Swirling. Like, nobody said anything to Serena when she got with the dude who made Reddit. Everybody's like, oh, that baby's so cute. Blah, 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 blah. The minute, well, Tiger Woods fucked himself over. Yeah, he did that to himself. But I'm saying, like, why can't Michael B. Jordan live? And well, I don't I even know if she's all white. She looked like she could hold be hold like on, from Chile or something. Hold on, play it. Actually, hold on. What you think, Dave? I'm just pulling her up. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I actually do want to hear Dave's take on this because I know I have. I've never seen Dave date a, a white woman, but he's looking at Michael B. Jordan's girlfriend, thinking otherwise. <laughs> he's changing his mind. <laughs> well, you know, my ex-girlfriend was uh, she wasn't really black. <laughs> we don't we don't discriminate over here, right? But you uh, know what? No, actually, like, cause I, I felt, cause you know, she was Hawaiian, so I'm like, wait, who, who's Hawaiian? My ex, she was Hawaiian. Oh, oh. So I was like, you know, there's a, she got the tribal blood in her. That's melanin right there. You can see it. So you know, I actually, Man. I fend for that. I You're for blind that. if you don't see that Michael B. Jordan's girlfriend yeah, is gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Though. Gorgeous. Yeah. Like respect, right. <clears throat> respect it. Pretty is pretty. Pretty is pretty. You know what I'm is pretty is pretty is pretty. Jesse pretty. Williams divorce got a divorce and then he started dating um bad joints. Yeah, period. And people want to be upset. Why is he dating a woman that's not black? Because he feels like it. He was dating a woman that, that wasn't black. He was married that. to a black woman and had kids with one. I don't know that. Um, NFL playoffs, you, you mad? Uh, um, you mad? You um, scared? Nervous about your boy, Nick Foles? Uh, against Atlanta? No. I think he had two bad games in a row after having a really good game for four touchdowns. Right. After having a really good series against the Rams, I think he's going to pick it up. I think he knows what time it is. Um, I don't think he's going to have three bad games in a row. Uh, he has a career backup. Okay. What does that mean? Three bad games in a row wouldn't be unprecedented. Well, I don't think he's going to do that. Because <laughs> he didn't start his career as a backup. He started his career as a really good quarterback for the Eagles. Um, I think he could tap back into that. Right. On another note, Cam Newton and the Panthers dropped the ball heavy, man. You know what? He didn't drop the ball. Devin Funches dropped the ball. Literally, yeah. Devin Funches dropped the ball. If Devin Funches make it, makes that catch, they play next Sunday. And he should have made that catch. Kelvin Benjamin would have made that catch, but they <clears> traded <throat> him away for absolutely nothing. <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin would definitely take that check. Tell blah, blah, blah. Yeah, what he said. Yeah. Um, you know it, what? Cam is cursed. <laughs> David, David doesn't seem too mad about the it. The curse will not be lifted <laughs> until he comes to terms. What do you think? Why is he with cursed? his people? You know what he did? He <laughs> forsaken the black ancestors, bro. He don't know. No, as much as they look, you know what kind of, you know what kind of black souls. You know who was praying for Cam to get out of that drama after he left Florida? Oprah to go to, bro. You know who was like, probably. You know how much, right? No, at that point, and that's why I was, I was making this point the other day. I was like, "Yo, it was a point where, like, the like the system didn't want Cam to win, right? Like, they always counted him folk, out folk until forget. he started winning. But folk like, forget that when he killed it, blend it was like, oh, it was a JUCO. Then he goes to Clemson immediately. Uh, 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 Auburn. I'm sorry. You go, Oof, that's sorry. Sorry, guys. Do not <laughs> murder me for that. Uh, then he goes to Auburn, immediately makes an impact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, impact is a. <laughs> I mean, fifty touchdowns in one years was pretty damn good. Yeah, impact is an understatement. But you know what I'm saying? Somewhere, Cam lost his way, man. 
Yeah. He forgot. He forgot what he got, got that. He got that money. <laughs> forgot about color. He forgot where he was. Where he was well, coming from. And, I'm, and I'm over here looking homeless. I know, but that's why we brought on our boy CJ, the financial expert, to make sure none of us end up homeless. <laughs> Gonna drop some gems today. What's, what's good, man? CJ? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? Not bad, man. Thanks for joining in. Likewise. Thanks for having me again, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, Always man. love hanging with you guys. Yeah, we were, so we were talking about the last time he was here. I think it was after Trump got elected. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, listen, he's here. Like, there's nothing we could do about it at this point. So you might as well, you know what I'm saying, position yourself to, you know what I'm saying, come up and make as much money as possible as you can on him because there's going to be some markets that will tilt in his favor. And now, Exactly. And that's that's what me and a lot of other folks did this year, man. We hey. took full of advantage of Trump. Yeah, every time he go on TV, we like, yo, what he gonna say? Okay, let me get my money ready. Right. Yeah. So what are the, so what are the some of the markets that you jumped into and, 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 and took advantage of this year? So uh definitely the financial industry. Um he's been really, really friendly. Okay. With the financial industry. Very, very lax. Yeah, very lax. Um he's got some folks like in his cabinet um who are straight up like straight from Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. Like I just left Goldman Sachs yesterday, got hired by Trump, and Trump wants me to advise him on all types of economic and financial matters. And they're working hard as hell to, like, take away Dodd-Frank, which was the regulatory apparatus that was set in after the financial crisis. In 2008. So banks are just having a holiday. This is crazy, man. on top of that, we had the Federal Reserve raise interest Interest rates. rates. Yeah, so they raised it, I think, four times this year. So, so then after how and it it went, they went years without raising it. So it was a decade. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was damn near zero. Obama's entire term, they didn't raise it one time. Nah, one time. Banks were basically borrowing money from the government for free. For free. Yeah, and then lending it to us for like four, five, six percent. Right. A clip. It was crazy. Like I'm like, damn. Like why wasn't I born a banker to get this banker chicken? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, it so I made bread off that. Um, of course, then next thing you know, uh, Bitcoin finally arrived this year. We definitely after, dive into that. Yeah, after like years of like obscurity and weird shit, Bitcoin finally got his shit together. So before you touch on that, I'm gonna give you a chance to plug your IG, your social media, but also your newsletter too. All right, bad, bad. So my IG. Uh, what math like my social media in general is at C Joe Black at letter C J O E Black like the color and my newsletter is Raising Benjamin you can find that on RaisingBenjamin.com uh, first name last name sign up get your chicken so if you would have caught Raising Benjamin a year ago CJ put out some tips for y'all to go out and how you could have came up and got some Bitcoin for yourself. I was one of the unfortunate few that did not. <laughs> and now I'm sitting here petty as fuck, <laughs> feeling pretty mad. I have since invested into Bitcoin and some altcoins, but not when you had initially recommended to. That's why I want to give you a chance to get it out now so that folks can run to their computers yeah. and get this information as fast as possible. Yeah, man. Um, the entire industry itself is just hella crazy right now because you have folks that are creating really cool hella hella life-changing work with the blockchain blockchain right and then you have a lot of folks who are just like blockchain is a buzzword so let me just say i'm blockchaining 
and then get some money off of that. So, so like that's and that's where the stage where I'm at right now in trying to decipher who's really blockchain right. and who's full blockchain and trying to make money off the name of yeah. Blockchain, this this right? juice company actually did that. They right. changed their they changed their actual corporate name to something blockchain and their profits like shot up yeah. like fifty percent or something crazy yeah. like that. All you gotta do is throw the word blockchain on some shit right now and people are gonna throw money. That's right. crazy. That's the hot thing. And it's weird because and people don't even know what it means, right? Right. That's how, <laughs> I was just about to say that. Like a lot of folks don't really know what a blockchain is, and they also don't understand how revolutionary it is. But that they might be in a position where they might be over hyping what right. a blockchain is because they don't really understand the history of money. And the history of money is basically this long story. We used to basically carry big ass coins in our pockets, mm-hmm. or we used to actually barter. Right, way back in the day. I got a chicken. Give me a cow. But that's like whatever. pure goods, though. You know, like right. and and honestly, we were happier. <laughs> we were. We, we were. were happier. You know, because it wasn't. It didn't say that you couldn't acquire wealth. Because if you had a, a pasture full of cows and you could give milk, and it, you know, it almost makes you. I mean, it's very close to an agrarian society. So, like, you know, it almost allows you just kind of like you don't have to pillage for anything. Like everybody has enough. Right. But when you add other societies in there, then you have to figure out how to interact between the two. And if it's not just pure goods because you got to go across the, the country or the world, then what is it? But now we're in a position that we could possibly do that, but we've kind of nuked ourselves to death. Hell yeah. And we screwed up our habits too. So Shout like, out to Monsanto. Facts. Yo, what facts. do you think? What's so, it's, so my man's is saying now, um, my, I have a guy that works in agricultural uh, finance and out in Milwaukee and stuff. In, or Minnesota, I'm sorry. But um, he was like interning at Monsanto and he was like saying like, yo, get into this, get into that. And then now he's saying to get into natural gas. He's saying like natural yeah. gas in the next year is about to go. He's like, hey, is this a, set, is this a suggestion though? Like I can't, you know. Uh, uh. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> natural gas. You know. What I mean? <laughs> so like I'm like, well, what is that? Well, first of all, just ethically, I feel kind of horrible about getting, trying to profit off of something that I don't think that we need to be dependent on. Right. But it does come into our houses, so outside of using it for cars and stuff like that. But then, but to put it in our houses, it drills in the in the in the ground. You got a frack and all that. Yeah, crazy. you Ooh, know. Shit. So like oh, for me, it's hard. Water. I I don't want to. It's hard for me ethically. But I like if if it's a short bet. Like, what do you think? And I don't even know why he's saying this, but it's one of those things. Like, I'd rather just tell you and you do it than having to explain the whole thing. Right. Well, so the funny thing with natural gas is. Finally, for the first time in a long time, America is like the forefront of natural gas or mm-hmm. gas in general, because um, what has happened historically is like we've been dependent on oil in other countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Middle East basically had a spot of balls and they were like, all right, like we decide what the price is. We decide how much supply is available. And then now we discover fracking technology and Mm -hmm. we realize like, yo, we have all these fracking, um, we got all these shale oil deposits underneath um, New York City and underneath Pennsylvania. So what ended up happening was the oil that we used to have in the United States, we actually couldn't like export it. There was like a rule um, before Obama that you couldn't even export a certain amount of oil per year and Obama was like let me take that away so we could get this bread so what that did was it actually like really screwed up the oil markets globally Russia got screwed up the Middle East got screwed up and people have realized like all these new uses with natural gas and the fact that it's much much cheaper so people are actually becoming more dependent like it's actually becoming reversed where Saudi Arabia is like yo we can't even like 
operate our economy the same way we used to because oil hasn't broken $40 a barrel in ages. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's really changing things. And I think the main point about it all is the fact that it's much, much cheaper and easier to use than other types of oil. Mm. Um, Venezuela is broken for that, too. Right. And um, their entire economy is like in shambles. It's looking real Zimbabwe-ish over there. Mm. Matter of fact, they Venezuela is actually talking about opening up their own blockchain and their own Bitcoin yeah. to sustain their own their currency because their, their currency is so low. Yeah. Yeah. Their own currency really between the sanctions that the U.S. has put on them mm-hmm. and they, the world has put on them, they right. like they can't. Their, their currency is going to shit so much that they're. I mean, regardless of how successful I think it will be, they're. They, I mean, they're pretty much pushed into a corner where it's like this is the only alternative where we can come up out are, of it are they backing was that the country that was backing it on natural gas like they were saying yeah. that their worth was valued based off of the amount of natural gas well not natural gas but um crude crude oil yeah crude oil yeah, 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 yeah. crude that. So so that's the thing like it's this huge battle between crude oil and natural gas and like crude oil is like the old guard natural gas is the new guard and then you got you know uh uh what's his name Elon Musk out here talking mm-hmm. about I could power the entire planet off electricity right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean so so then you have that but also he's probably right out. yeah he's probably <laughs> right he's probably right that's why one of my one of my large investments is um lithium lithium like I lithium. got a lot of money in lithium you explain got, how you, how you invest in lithium. So there's a lithium ETF that basically um, invests in all the largest lithium companies and uh, uh, what they call, dang, I can't believe I forgot this, mining. Yeah, lithium mining as well. So um, and, and this is globally. And, and before you go on, could you explain what an ETF is? For yeah, people that so don't know? it's basically an exchange traded fund. So think of an ex- index fund, but an index fund is basically based on an index right and an index is like the dow jones the s p 500 these organized indexes that have been that have existed for ages like the dow jones been created since like 18 something Mm -hmm. or whatever it's like the oldest index on the planet i think so so that so a, a fund based on that index is an index fund but an exchange traded fund uses different stocks, uses different mutual funds, uses different uh, and other financial instruments, and basically puts it in one fund, right? Okay. So it's basically like an index fund, but it's somewhat different. Um, so I use that to invest in lithium um, because people are ripping lithium all over the planet. And they're using them for damn near everything. Mm-hmm. Like everything that has a battery right now. I was gonna say everything has a battery is lithium. It's lithium. Your phone right? is lithium battery. The yeah. uh, e chargers are for the e cigarettes yep. are all lithium. All lithium. What's right? that? What's that footprint like though? Like oh, the carbon footprint mm-hmm. on that. To be honest, I don't know. Is it like a like how, what's the waste on that? Like after the lithium battery is done, we just throw those away. And yeah, like, yeah. We actually like where where like what happens to like the developed world is actually really mean to the third world because what they do is they basically put their <laughs> they're yes. tra- they trash cans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we basically take all our waste, we put them on these waste these big waste dumps, and then we use these huge ships to kind of drag them, and then we just kind of just Leave. empty the barges on their like beaches and shit. Right. And then we dip, and then we tell them have fun with all this shit Speak- and then they just try to trade it amongst each other as yeah. like you know bar- barter, barter system yeah, they, barter, barter, yeah. they barter our garbage basically they're salvagers speaking, yeah. speaking of um, trash we're on a day where a lot of merch and pa- newspapers have been made pre-made to predict the winner uh, not even to predict just to represent either winner of the 
championship tonight. Yeah. And where do you think all those t-shirts end up? Like those t-shirts are already made. Oh they, no, those t-shirts. And they don't stop doing it. They Same keep place. doing it. Like, Same place. <laughs> Same place. They bro. can't even wait a day to print them. They have to have them like as like right there. Like, well, the thing is, that's like, so and, crazy. And this is something I tell people Hats. about the stock market because um, a lot of folks are very like shook about financial markets that exist, right? Like, they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, the stock market is crazy. I don't even know what this looks like. Blah blah blah. But like, I always tell people, Yo, it's all paper. Like, it's all paper. All of it. It's all contracts. Mm-hmm. Like, when I make a bet with you, I make a contract that if I lose the bet, I will pay you. And if I don't pay you, you can use that contract to go to court and get your money. And the court usually in, in contract law, they side with people who made the contract and if the contract fulfills like what the requirements of a contract is. Right. right? And they do that because the courts, like the entire economy's job is to create frictionless markets. Right? So if we stop respecting contracts, then it's like, business is quiet like the economy is at a halt you know what i'm saying and that's what happened in 08 like we had a whole bunch of different financial instruments based on contracts and they were slapped with triple a and they were rated at this but when we looked inside we realized that it was garbage and now what ended up happening is nobody started respecting each other's contracts. Yep. And nobody was paying out. Right. Because it's like, I don't know what's in this contract that you're telling me. Like, you telling me it's AAA rated. you telling me it's good to go. But I'm not sure. Because the last AAA joint I looked at was it filled was with only. triple, yeah. you know, Dump. triple duh. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So, so that's really this entire financial system is contracts. So when you think about everything, it's all contracts, bro. Is right. that the worry with like... The bitcoins, like the Bitcoin rise, that like at some point that contract might not be able to be paid out. Right, uh, and that's the thing that scares everybody because there isn't no. It's a tank. big risk. It's man. a it's a huge risk. Some people and are carrying a hundred, two thousand, hundred, two hundred thousand, half a million. Right. In and, Bitcoin right now, and that's why Bitcoin futures were made. Right, Bitcoin mm, futures. I saw that. Oh man, bet on shorting Jesus. Bitcoin and all. Yeah, because it was like, all right, like, what's the closest thing we can do to create like some sort of contract for this thing, right? And it was Bitcoin futures. It's like, all right, cool. Like, you don't actually have a paper of Bitcoin, but you have a paper saying you bet on Bitcoin. And that's the closest thing you could get. You know what I'm saying? So people were like, all right. Like, and if you actually look at the price, like, the price itself is basically stabilized. Stable. It, 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 was, it was a little volatile. It was wild volatile. For a little while. Yeah. Like, I remember it went up from, like, 12000 to 20000 in a two-day, 48 hours. Yeah. And I was talking to you. I'm like, yo, bro, what, at what point does this stop making sense? And I said... And it was, like, at, like, nine. It I was like, it been sense. not made sense anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. because, <laughs> because I'm looking... And, and every cryptocurrency I look at, like, I look at based on fundamental usability, right? Like, I looked at the blockchain for Bitcoin, Bitcoin's blockchain, as the Facebook of blockchains, right? right? Because in order for a blockchain to work, you need users. Mm -hmm. You need computers that will validate the transactions, right? So Bitcoin had the most amount of miners and the most amount of users on their platform. So I was like, well, they got the most amount of people that will validate the transactions on the ledger. Right. Cool. So now we have to find out whether these transactions are being validated fast enough. Right. So that was Bitcoin next step. And the next thing you know, it goes from 5,000 to 10,000, from 10,000 to 15 to 19. And I was like, this is growing way too fast right. because we're not adding enough users mm. on this blockchain to match the demand, right? Because imagine you have 10 million people saying, 
I'm buying a coin and you only got a thousand people to validate them transactions. Right. That's why people were buying Bitcoin on Coinbase and waiting a week to finally say you got it. Right. Because you, you got to wait. Even Bitcoin itself is an older technology, correct? Well, Bitcoin, the, well the blockchain, is, it's, it's an older technology. The Bitcoin blockchain is the first of its kind. Right. And um, when you hear a fork, a fork, a fork, really it's just a software update. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's all Bitcoin is. It's hey, right. all right, we operating on this thing. It's right an here. algorithm. It's a right. working algorithm. We we operating on this thing right here. You said you want to join in and uh, approve transactions. Cool. Here's the software. Download the software. Coinbase. Give us access. Yeah. Or or there's there's other joints out right. there too. But well, let's just say Coinbase. Right. Let's just say Coinbase. So you decide to download the software. You download the software. Now you're a participant. Right. But there's folks who actually mine Bitcoin. So now they mine Bitcoin, they solve the complicated math equations that take to find Bitcoin. Then when they, they get to keep that, right? Because you do the work, you get to keep it. And what you do is you sell it to somebody who creates a Coinbase account mm-hmm. and decides to jump in. So I made, let's say I got a million Bitcoin and everybody in this room decides to come in and buy one. Now I got one million Bitcoin minus four, right? right. So here y'all go. Now y'all got Bitcoin and now I got cash. I got paid for selling my Bitcoin, but I also got paid for mining. Right. You know what I mean? So that's that's the way like that's the mine. block that's the way that blockchain works and that's the way Bitcoin exchanges happen. So go into well even before we get to altcoins. Okay, so now how did Bitcoin Cash come to fruition? So Bitcoin Cash is just a group of cats that decided not to update their software with Bitcoin Classic. They were just like, I don't like y'all. I'm not updating to that software. And I want a different transact. I want um, a different block size. I want a larger block size so that I can package more transactions in one block because it's a block chain. It's just a chain of blocks. And each one has a megabyte. If y'all look in your phones in your usage part of your iPhone or Android devices, right. you'll see like every app has like a megabyte size. Mm-hmm. Now, if, you're, if your Instagram says 200 megabytes, that's imagine that being 200 blocks so that that instagram app is you know a blockchain with 200 blocks on it right you know what i mean so but a block size is a megabyte so that takes a lot you know what i mean because now you got a shit ton of blocks on a blockchain because you have only one megabyte as your block size um i think bitcoin cash i'm trying to remember probably i think it might be eight megabytes so they completely disagreed on block size uh-huh. and because of that they were like all right cool Split. we're gonna be we're gonna have our, own, our own thing we got our yeah. own software we got our own block sizes we got our own mining we got our own limits all this other stuff bitcoin classic keep doing your thing i wish you well <laughs> and now and now you got bitcoin and bitcoin cash okay so so, now, so bitcoin cash is something completely separate it's it's completely separate but the core is the, oh, it's the same. It's, the same. Okay. it's just it's basically me and you. We start a rap group, and then mm-hmm. Dave is like, "Yo, I'm about to go off and do my single solo thing. thing my, yeah. I'm gonna I'm go solo, but like I'm a, but everybody know Dave from our rap from group. the group, right? So that's <laughs> <laughs> so that's Bitcoin Cash, right? Yeah. All right. So going into like the altcoin universe, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's where I mean, it, f- it feels like that's where like the FOMO is coming in now. Yeah, the, the fear of missing out is coming in the altcoins because you can right. now you can put significant amounts of money on a uh, altcoin that penny gonna, penny alts right, which right. is very low but has the potential to jump up pretty like so i was talking to nick about icon today right mm-hmm. so icon was at um last in in december was 
thirty. I'm sorry, not in December. In November was thirty nine cents. Today it's ten dollars, right? right? So if you would have bought in at thirty nine thousand shares at ten cents or at thirty nine cents today at ten dollars, like that's a flip, right? Right, that, right, that's, right. That's that's what you're looking for in the altcoins. That type of return, right? right. So how how do you distinguish? Um, or is there any like altcoins that you look at or that you uh, uh, invested in? Like, how do you distinguish what altcoins are legit and which ones are just flow, flow by the wayside? Like, I was reading. So, for instance, like, there's an altcoin called uh, DOGE, right? Yeah, Dogacoin. Dogacoin. That's actually been existed for dumb long. Right. Like, Dogacoin was actually like one of the early coins right. in this shit. And it, but it was like a parody. It, it, it was. It was a joke. But it was not supposed to blow up. They all like that, bro. Like these altcoins, bro. They make these. They just white make people. them up, right? Like it's like I, I always make a comparison. I'm like, like, because people come up to me, they're like, "Yo, call like." You know what kind of altcoins you in? Right. What's good? And I'm like, yo, like what kind of penny stocks you trying to get in? And right. like, nah, penny stocks they toxic. I'm like, all right, so then why are you messing with coins? Right. Because it's the same it thing. Same I was literally just thinking the same thing. It's the same. Now thing. you're just playing. It's like it's like instead of instead of doing Powerball, you just run the dollar. Well, joints well, is it a little it's different in the thing. sense of that? Like for instance, I put, I think like uh, three hundred dollars in Ripple, right? Right. When Ripple was like 90 cents and now it's almost at three dollars in, mm-hmm. in only a few weeks like with penny stocks isn't the the return doesn't it take a longer time to get like a 70 percent return on stocks well the thing is with penny stocks the reason why it's more difficult for penny stocks to get that type yeah. of return is because penny stocks operate within a regulated industry gotcha. so if you out here playing wild games with your company and the DOJ sees that, right. or the SEC sees that. <laughs> you look crazy. <laughs> How, that's what I'm not understanding. How is the DOJ and the SEC not able to like step in and regulate? And like, are they are they on the verge of doing that? Or well, they, first of all, they don't know what the hell it is. Like, they're still on the outside looking in. Like, like they're trying to understand it. Like, bro, like, like is this happening in this country or it's not? happening globally? <laughs> you know what I'm saying like that's what they're asking <laughs> yeah. themselves. They're like, wait, can we? prosecute this right that, uh, that's the first thing someone's gotta go to jail for this they have to <laughs> yeah, we, we it's too much here. money being made and we don't got no hands this is illegal no too much money taxes at? right right like it, it's crazy because uh, like, taxes now what's it, that's that's a whole nother game but so, how, so when you're talking about bringing the money and materializing it right so say you know i was on i, got, I hit a lick you know i put in 500 two years ago and i just wanted to cash out maybe in the last two or three months or whatever like, what's that process like? And as far as the tax implications, like, what's that like, too? Like, I wanted people to understand what... It ain't just, like, the front end. Like, I want to understand it's, like, a full circle to this thing. Yeah, know? absolutely. So, um, so one thing that I've noticed about the coins, uh, the entire coin market, is that, like, it's, in, it's more liquid than other assets, mm. but l- still less liquid than, like, your primary market assets, like your regular stock market, right. you mm-hmm. know, S&P, NASDAQ, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. So, so with that being said, you'll probably wait. Some coins, you'll get your money right away. Some coins, you'll probably wait a week or two to get your joint. And when you do get your money, it's just like when you use, it's just like when you sell a stock. It's just like when you sell an ordinary right. asset. Right. Um, so first of all, you if you if you use like Robinhood or something like that, you'll probably get that direct deposit in mm-hmm. your account. Coinbase, it'll days, do the same right. thing. Mm-hmm. You'll get your direct deposit money in your joint. And then like because you sold it, right? It really depends on when you bought it, right? So if you bought uh, your coin on January first of 2018 and you sell it anytime before January first. 2019 mm-hmm. you got to pay ordinary income so if you work at let's say you're a lawyer and you're a lawyer and you make 
uh, $250,000 a year. 33%. Right. Highest tax rate. You pay that on your coins, on your investment, right. even though it's an investment. Mm. But if you, you hold write it, it off and then you fucking send the check. That's in. what I heard. I heard you should hold on to it at you least. You gotta a year, hold right? it. You gotta hold it a year and a day. When you do a year and a day, then it becomes capital gains. Then it becomes capital gains mm. between twelve and. Could 15%. you explain? All right. So the thing that I like about coins is that you can buy in increments, right? Like you yeah. could buy a piece of a Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Whereas if I look at a Nike stock. Can I buy a piece of a Nike stock or how does that work? Um, so it's weird because there are certain apps out there that do really weird things like Acorns. Acorns, mm-hmm. I was going to think. And like, yeah. I'm not really sure what's going on on the back end when mm-hmm. it comes to Acorns. Um, like they, are they buying the stock and then le- and promising you that you have a piece of that stock? So whenever that stock makes money, they pay it out. They pay royalties out to yeah, everybody it's else. Like, it's That's like kind of weird because that means that... But that's no is that no risk to the user or does they always recoup their money? Right. So so it's funny because like the thing is I, I this is me making a complete assumption, but I'm thinking there's got to be like some sort of acorn like acorn fund, mm, of course, that buys x amount of Nike shares, right? Mm. And then when you Invest okay. your change in Acorns. You take a piece of their you stock. Take a really. piece, so of Acorn stock of Acorns fund money. Right. Yeah, right. And then like, so they're like, all right, here's a contract. You own a percentage of Acorns uh, Nike fund. Okay, right. And I think that might be so the way it's happening. That's what I'm saying. So like, you're you're basically they're promising. You're you're promising your return based off of what's Nike doing, but you don't necessarily own a piece of Nike stock. Nah, you own a piece of I promise acorns. on a piece acorns. Of Nike. On Nike acorns, stock. yeah, exactly, exactly. Ownership of Nike stock. So, That's what I think it is. Right. I'm not 100 percent. So in other that, words, that would be the only like realistic way to. That's what makes sense makes to sense, me, right. right? But you know, people are really smart, really clever, and because of that, they might have figured out some other way. They might be. It, it, it seems like more regular people that are not. Keen investors are able to to, to to dabble in coins with money that they could play with because it's right. easier to do it. Like Absolutely. it's like, oh, I got five hundred dollars. I can buy a piece of a Bitcoin. Right. You know what I mean? As opposed to you having five hundred dollars and you only being able to buy like seven or eight shares of Nike. Right. Where that's really not going to make you any money because it's not like Nike's going to go from fifty dollars to five hundred. Yeah, it doesn't have the same volatility. So it's almost like. The volatility actually attracts me to, yeah. to altcoins and and Bitcoin. it does it, it does a lot of other folks too and um it's it's funny because like in my opinion it's kind of ruining people's investment expectations yeah, yeah. right like yeah like folks microwave generation up. that's where we're at microwave though, right? generation that's yeah. that's why because yeah. the 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 feeling or the the satisfaction is almost immediate you yeah. know. Like whenever do you invest in a stock, even if it's Nike or I mean that's not the best stock to invest, you know. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> even if if it's a high price one that's always kind of on an uptick for the most part, like you still wouldn't see the kind you're of you're not going to see seventy percent returns no. in two months. That's nah. like I've had Apple stock since '85. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what kind of returns we're talking about. Yeah. Now. And so of course it's going to attract people. Of it's course like, people are going to want to buy Powerball tickets. Right. You know it, what I'm saying? It's just like any business, right? Like you and your homie decide to start a business. Like your business is not going to blow in two weeks. Like it's just not. You know what I mean? Like like you decide to start a shoe company with your friend. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, cool. Like we got a year to make 
you know, 30 shoes and sell them. Right. Because we got to do so many different things. Like, we got to design the shoe. We got to market the shoe. We got to get the shoe delivered. We got to see how it fits on the shoe. We got to do uh, on somebody's foot. We got to walk. We got to do all these different tests. And then when we do that, if we are satisfied, then we have to order a shipment. We also have to market this shoe. Yeah. Do you invest Do you invest in uh, altcoins, Bitcoin? So, so there are a very small number of altcoins that I invest in. And it's simply because fundamentally they are solid to me for different reasons. Like, for example, Ripple. Ripple is funny. Ripple is the antithesis. Like, it's the anti what blockchains are supposed to be okay or what this whole like bitcoin revolution is is anti that right like it like the if you ask somebody what's a blockchain they'll say oh it's a decentralized uh ledger that allows anybody but like ripple is not decentralized ripple like, is actually used by banks and, and yeah it's actually just a bunch of banks coming together saying i right, yo like let's figure out how we can make this blockchain joint work for us and um there are what we have proof of work we have proof of stake um and basically with proof of stake it's whoever has the most stake in the blockchain approves the transaction which is basically banking right now right right right, right. so let's say you have you know five banks on a ripple blockchain and they're the ones approving it it's the same thing like the federal reserve and um what people call um dang man my old boss she works there uh I'm drawing a blank right now, but um it starts with a C. Uh it'll come back. Okay. But but nonetheless, um basically it's it's centralized, mm-hmm. right? So if you're investing in Ripple thinking, Oh yeah, I'm r- investing in a decentralized you're wrong. Right. Yeah, I read an article <laughs> the other day that was basically saying that Ripple comes at a cost. It does because um first of all uh because this is an unregulated industry like basically anything can happen to these coins um there's like a market cap on these coins That's what the what's the market cap Right um Can you explain uh, what a market cap is cuz so basically it's the sum of the value of all of the available coins based on how many people already bought the available coins. So let's say you have 100 million coins and there's 30 million coins available, right? What is the sum of the value of the 30 million coins being oh, sold at? Okay. And that raises the market, market cap, cap, right? Because there are only X amount available. Um, there are only X amount in circulation and there's X amount available, right? right? So um, what's crazy is like a lot of folks have been asking me, like, what are different ways that people scam in this type of industry, right? And what's funny is a lot of it kind of looks the same as what people used to do with penny stocks. Like there's this thing way back in the day during um, Wolf of Wall Street's time. I was literally thinking right? Wolf of Wall Street with penny stock scams. Late 80s. Right. So there's this trick that they used to use. Um, it's called painting the tape. And basically what you do is, um, let's say it's just uh, four of us in a room. Right. Um, the four of us own basically 80% of the shares in this company. And what we do is we sell shares to each other amongst each other. We just sell it back and forth. But what we do is we sell it for a dollar more than it was valued at before. Okay. So let's say we have a share right now. It's a dollar, right? So it's a dollar and I sell it to Dave for two dollars. Dave buys it for two dollars. Now the value of the share is higher. Two dollars. Right. Right. But then he sells it to Nick for three dollars. Right. And Nick buys it for three dollars. So now it's three dollars. And then Nick sells it to Ken. And Ken buys it for four. 
right? So now, like, if you're somebody who's looking at, you know, you're looking on the exchange, you're like, yo, the stock just went from one to four dollars in the same day. But like, you thinking that the market, right? Because the market are participants, but it's just four of us playing ping pong with the same shits. You know what I mean? And we're making bread because now, like, we're also selling all of our other shares on the new price that's available at the five dollars six dollar price to the new folks who don't know that we playing tennis that day two that nick bought for three right so so i mean ideally they make money off that too though they do because now they selling shares to new entrants at uh what uh, damn near 500 percent markup (laughs) you know what i mean and and they're like and the buyer's like yo like you should have seen it went from one to five and like a day huh. hell yeah so like these are the things that regulation kind of watches right? right like you have the securities and exchange commission and without that right now it's a free market so this could be happening right now in this altcoin so, and i think that's like, that's like the biggest fear for those that haven't jumped in the pool yet or those that are in and just don't know when to take out right like is like how there was the dot-com bubble Mm-hmm. And it burst, and Yahoo, and Amazon, and Google, and Apple were like the last few left. Right. Do you see that happening with Bitcoin? Or I'm sorry, not with Bitcoin, but with the cryptocurrency world? Absolutely. It's like you could quote me that right. shit is going to happen, and it happens in every new industry. Right. Um, it happens in every new industry because basically there are a bunch of folks who come up with something new then there are a bunch of folks who come up with an iteration of the thing that's something new and that's what happened in the dot-com bubble we had the internet and then everybody started making internet businesses and then we started valuing them because we had already valued some of the largest internet businesses with no profit structure yeah that had already (laughs) showed and then we reached the point where we were like wait like these internet companies can't do anything how do they make money bubble crashed (laughs) and then what ended up happening was the ones that could really do some shit Live cream rose, <laughs> like, right? And it's just it's same thing happening right now. Like, I we know that if there's a cryptocurrency crash, Bitcoin lives. Bitcoin lives. Why? Bitcoin futures. Right. You know what I mean? Ethereum lives. Why? Because so many people are creating apps for the Ethereum blockchain, and so many other large financial institutions are invested in the ethereum blockchain to create apps on there people are buying and selling homes on ethereum's blockchain so we know that lives we also know litecoin lives because Mm -hmm. it's bitcoin's little brother brother, you know what i mean so that lives because if bitcoin dies then they still need a blockchain to operate off of and that's what litecoin is so we know those three live ripple it's on and off, right? Because it's like, all right, cool. Like, if these guys, if if the banks that are participating on the Ripple blockchain figure out, like, an efficient way to use the Ripple blockchain, like, if they do and they decide to keep that blockchain operating, mm-hmm. then it lives too, right? But we not sure. But a lot of these other altcoins, like, people, are, people don't even know that they have white papers. Right. And these white papers are supposed to summarize what they do. And people aren't reading the white papers. Or if they are reading the white papers, they're not, like, fully understanding it. So, they're just diving in their money just on what they think is hot. In, right. You know, trying so, to catch a trend, trying to trying to ride away. Right, because because really a lot of folks that are in the altcoin universe are the folks that missed out on Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and they're just looking for the next Bitcoin. Right, and it makes sense. Bro. Do you think like, there will be a next Bitcoin though? Um, it's 
I don't know. I can't like that's like saying, will there be a next Facebook? Or we don't know if Bitcoin is Facebook. Like it's it's Bitcoin. Bitcoin could be AOL. Bitcoin could be MySpace. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't know because there are a lot of different coins now coming out with like advances in the technology that was blockchain when it first started. Right. So it's like if they figure that out and different people look at that and say, All right, cool, like this is a solution to a big problem that has existed, like do we move over to that? Does that coin kind of get like, cause what you could do is you could say, all right, cool. Give me your software. Right. And we're going to use your software as a software update for Bitcoin. And everybody on the Bitcoin blockchain just decides, right. You know what I mean? They all decide to update just like that. And now like, okay, cool. We just like bodied one coin. And now we're using that new technology as, a, as Bitcoins, you know? So there's a lot of things like that, that kind of play that come into play here and i always tell folks like if you don't know what the hell is going on in there like stay away from right. it right do your so research wait, before could you, you touch on the uh the altcoins that you actually invest in the ones that you feel like are pretty solid in your opinion all right so there's one called cardano which is cardano ada yeah ada which is very much like ethereum but um so there's proof of work which basically shows like, all right, I mined this Bitcoin. I solved this math equation or whatever. So since I solved this math equation and I have this code, guys, look, this is it. And this is the proof that this coin exists in our blockchain, right? That's proof of work. Proof of stake is when this transaction happens or when this new coin is discovered, like I have to prove that I have a stake in this blockchain already. And then um, Cardano actually uses a next level proof of work where they do proof of peer review mm. which basically they say all right cool like we have this group of computer scientists and developers and coders who are like the best in the country and they like use computer code to like create new devices mm -hmm. and find new ways to make the web run with less friction so they're the ones looking at these new coins or looking at these math equations that are solved or looking at these new codes that are put on the blockchain right and they're looking at it and they're saying all right cool like this is good or this is bad so i like that one um ripple um half sold right now i'm sold uh, the i'm sold because of who's involved you have like american express involved you have um santander and a few other banks involved mm -hmm. in ripple and strictly from a fundamental standpoint like uh, those types of large financial institutions don't dig into new technology Unless without without you know w just just on some willy-nilly shit right you know what i'm saying so i like Ripple there's too. loopholes in it what you're trying to say and then you can't be careful about how you're giving them your money and trying to figure out what your return is going to be because if they fold they'll be free and they'll get some of these things are large enough santander may be large enough to be assisted from either another bank or the government so right right you know so they don't really part. care they kind of they, they shoot freely because they know too big to fail, man. Didn't it's know. a test. Yeah. yeah, it's all a test. <laughs> How far can we go? Right. So, so there's that. That's why I'm half sold right. on Ripple, right? I'm right. sold because of the participants, but I'm also not sold because of the ability of the participants. Those are the two altcoins I like. Um, there's one altcoin that um, I, I don't know, I'm kind of warming up to. It's called Augur. Augur. Um, mm. Yeah. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, it's basically a, um, a gaming coin. It's used for like gambling mm. and stuff like that. Gaming, the gaming world. Could, yeah, for could like take, the 
like yeah. the peer-to-peer network in the gaming world. Like I just I read a stat like the gaming world is like at 150 billion right now. Right, and it's, it's really and crazy. It's still right like now. untapped. Right? Hell yeah, it's so. like it's like baby. It's like some little baby shit right, right now with the gaming world. And now because you have like all these new um, technologies and people are betting on different things now, mm-hmm. and now you have more betting participants. I see Augur doing well because now like it's basically betting for the internet world right so i like that and also i have a feeling companies like um DraftKings and stuff like that they'll probably dive into that and like try to reapply that technology into what they currently have um fan duel companies mm-hmm. like that right. so i i can see them using this technology to like advance their work do you ever what about see- social media um what do you mean by social media like, like social media companies who have profit structures and are able to promise the amount of dollars that they're worth like kind of like dual allow them or allow themselves to maybe somehow and this is regulatory now somehow mm-hmm. like chop off a portion of who they are or what they are market cap wise and say hey let's mo- like let's let's turn this into some sort of coin structure yeah a lot of um a lot of companies are looking into that also the imf is looking into that because <sighs> um they're like they're like trying to trying to figure out new and faster ways like to Voldemort, like man. yeah they're <laughs> trying to figure out new and faster ways to like invest in or lend money to um third world countries and they want to allow their own economies to grow and and many world third world countries um there's like large abuses on women and privacy issues so because of that like they're trying to empower women by being able to do perform transactions privately right so they're looking into creating their own coin in some way shape or form so this like bitcoin really just opened pandora's box so like touching on that and like privacy and keeping like track of transactions right Mm -hmm. um do you ever see the u.s government going way of creating an alternate currency of or their own blockchain currency yeah just just because like i was i was i was looking at some stats the other day like i think the total number of uh currency in circulation is like 1.6 trillion yeah give or take right yeah but like the total amount in bank accounts and credit accounts and saving accounts and uh is somewhere around 11 trillion they cannot fulfill like if there's like a run on the banks or what what may have you there's no way they'd be able to fulfill the amount of cash and demand that people would need there's just not enough printed money well that's the part of the reason why we we have like all of the devices the way we have them now right because the goal is to never have a run on a bank ever again because all of our money is digitized right right and um like that's the whole goal cashless societies and shit like that like india is like damn near on the way china is like all the way ahead of us in this cashless shit it's like really crazy i think um there's a nordic country it could be sweden or denmark or something like that i think that's damn near completely cashless right like i think it's like one percent worth of cash so it, 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 it is not more than likely but or i should say yes more than likely that in whatever frame of time it could be five years it could be less than that right that there will be a digital form of currency well, it that will we will be use. or we're, di- we're going to get to a point where digital currency is the main point and those invested in things that don't support digital currency pro- those are the, some there's some really big industries and that's why it'll maybe take a little second for that to happen but once all of the major companies figure out how to digitize their their worth then it'll be a wildly acceptable thing we'll be 
purchasing things off of our phone literally like always won't need for no credit card no nothing right it, it's it's crazy because like at our current structure when it comes to technology it still costs more to go cashless than it is to create cash it's like weird is that is that because why. of the the credit card uh like the the merchant account like they take like their percentage like i know merchants yeah, like stores that will not take american express right because, because the percentage is like four yeah, percent whereas visa and mass cars like 1.8 2.2 somewhere around right and um part of dodd frank um there's there's actually an amendment in dodd frank called the durbin amendment that basically said merchants can't charge over a certain percent right. anymore and that's like part of the reason why we were able to advance in this cashless economy simply because visa and mastercard and american express just couldn't charge past a certain limit and if you notice like more corner stores are taking swipe but instead of a ten dollar limit they're like five dollar limit because i mean they're not supposed that. to do that though period we not we i not. always i always call them on that like bro you know i know that's illegal bro like right. don't play me yeah you swipe not. this three dollars and take this large percentage off of this yeah <laughs> like <laughs> it's fucked up because i know you know why they do it because they're because just trying to get their their, their returns as high right. as possible because right. if they're paying percentage then like it's anything not, under they've calculated it but they yeah. know Right. Anything under five dollars is costing them more than this fucking right. making. And, and it's hurting I, their margins. Or just yeah, their exactly. business. Not even like more than making, just more where they want to be. Right. Like, you know. So and when I used to intern in Washington, that was one of the things that I was like really happy about with Dodd Frank. I was like, finally they're stopping, they're gonna stop stepping on the necks of like, you know, small business owners. Cause it's literally that. Like it's all right, if you're a small business owner, I will step on your neck. Because Dwayne Reed Right, because everything is based on the percentage of um, mm-hmm. how many transactions you have. That's how you get the deals from the merchants, mm-hmm. right. right? Like Dwayne Reed and you know all these big like farm, um, um, like Dwayne Reed, Walgreens, CBS, and all those other guys, mm-hmm. right? You know, you know, Walmart, whatever. They can like actually afford not only the the percentage that the merchants charge them, but the merchants actually cut them a deal, right? And they cut them a deal because um, they're like, yo, you're getting crazy amount of transactions so we're gonna cut you a deal since you're getting so many transactions it's on some wholesale shit wholesale. i mean both that's how the world operates right like, it's how everything but it's like, impossible for us but how the little guy gonna grow right <laughs> you know what i mean right. like how is my corner store bobby gonna be able to open up three more corner stores if he keep having to do the five dollar minimum and then my man's is like i'm not paying no five dollar minimum when i could go do and read up the block right because right. i don't gotta pay no minimum over there i'm just gonna swipe and i get cash back facts and and what's funny is there was this lawsuit i don't know if it's actually over yet but walmart was suing like visa or mastercard or some shit like that because of the u.s debit and the visa yeah, debit I, I never understood that shit either right right i'm still trying to figure like, that out US, yeah i'm still trying to figure that out the u.s mastercard and u.s debit shit it, it's funny have you tried the other ones sometimes they don't work they don't work if you use the u.s debit I, and not the visa yeah. or vice versa it just if don't it work. comes up on a transaction i say yo which one is it bro which one do i press because whichever <laughs> one it hits something it just will not work they're different price points like for the for retailer, the, for the retailer, why would they do different that? Price but points. one goes through the, the like maybe a governmental rate, and then the other goes through what Visa's rate is. Right, that's probably mm. what it is. I'm thinking that like it's the Durban Amendment, flexing brolic, like yo, y'all can't pass uh, this, right. right? So now like Visa's like, well, the consumer chose. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. it was a consumer choice. But it's like, man, right? But it's almost like familiarity, though. Like it's like right. it's marketing one hundred and one. Yeah. Like, once you see Visa, you're like, I got a Visa card. Right. Boop. Right. <laughs> Not knowing that U.S. debit is like the standard joint, so like you, you never really know. And like so, they left it in the hands of the consumer. And like that's one of the arguments that Visa made in the court. Like yo, like they we not choosing them. But then Walmart's like yo, yeah, y'all are saying that this is a different rate. Mm. Right, and y'all are saying in order to use your cards there, you have to follow this rate. But there is a lower rate, and we're making this rate offer to our clients, and they're just not choosing it. It's your fault that we caught up in this, so we suing you. So I, I actually got to get an update on what that like where they're at with that and what the rule is. But I think it's gonna be really interesting because it's Walmart yeah. out of all places. You know what I mean? And usually what happens is when you have a ruling like that, when they say like, oh, you can't have two tiered. Or whatever, usually that reverberates to the rest of the economy. But we gotta see how high in the courts it gets. CJ, we appreciate you coming by, bro. Like hey, we, man. we went over the clock, but we had to. Like, yeah, yeah, man. straight gems. Yeah, People bro. had to get this. Number. I feel like you need to come on like once a quarter <laughs> <laughs> and just like drop all the knowledge. See Joe's, for, for, see Joe's jewels. Yeah, bro, bro. Make, but make Run sure y'all get, get. Make sure y'all get some lithium. Um, make sure y'all get y'all money on this drone shit this year. Cause drones is looking good. So like you mean drone companies? Yeah, or? yeah drone companies. Um, I, I'm I'm putting my money in drone companies. I'm putting my money in um artificial intelligence chips, okay. like chip makers. Um, those are really good. Uh, IBM, AMD, uh, HP, those mm-hmm. guys. Like Intel. Yeah, because especially now that we're going to like this voice. This voice dominant technology yeah. where we have like Amazon Google Echo Holmes and all that other shit. Yeah. yeah, bro. Like all of these are. AI chips AI because chips, they're all yeah. learning. Okay, the all the and that's what I was. That's what I was told. So I was telling Nick before about the the woman robot that has been like making her mass media appearances. Yeah, where, like she's responding with emotion to questions like off rip. And, that's chips, and, and, bro. And processing the question and responding. That's and, chips, man. That's yeah, all chips. Um, and I really got put on by this one dude that um actually used to live by my parents' crib, but now he moved. But um, he he's a chip maker, and he was like, "Yo, like, let me put you on what's about to be mm-hmm. made." And I was like, "Yo, this is about to be wild!" Like that robot you seen do the backflip? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chips, baby. Chips. It's all <laughs> chips, baby. Um, real quick before we close out, anything on marijuana stocks? Um, I yo, know I know Sessions just put the kibosh in the U.S. Kind of like I know a lot of weed uh, uh, stocks that were like inching, like yes, 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 and then he kind of put the clamp on it. Yeah, I mean whether it be temporary. Or for X amount of time. But. Um, so look for the seed guys, because the guys that are allowed to exist right now, mm-hmm. um, they got to still get seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the real estate places, because the guys that already Sugar exist, um, now they're going to eat up more market share. Right. And because of that, they're going to need more labs. So look for places that create real estate for marijuana growing and also look at your hydroponics because people are going to start trying to figure out new ways to grow weed that doesn't like involve the current process and hydroponics kind of help you do that so yeah man cj appreciate plug it on social media again uh at c joe black at letter c j o e black like the color and def- all one definitely go to uh raisinbenjamin.com subscribe yeah. to the newsletter folks all right, man. subscribe to the newsletter the man is putting out gems come get yo we're you trying got- to help you man come on <laughs> <laughs> right should have to beg to help you man facts you see you know what you're talking about that's obvious hey we out here Appreciate right, you, man. We man, appreciate man. you. Um, like I said, we already went over the clock. Um, so 
uh, I mean, closing out, uh, definitely, like I said, the phrase for 2018 is what does your portfolio look like? We need to start. I mean, the money's out there. Like TJ said, Trump is out here putting his money out for people. If you don't fuck with him, he's going to be here for the next well, I want to say three years. We could be less than that, depending on what my man Robert Mueller says. Um, but he's here. So you might as well take advantage and uh, definitely put your money where you can to grow and invest. And, um, you know, we need we need wealth. We, we're tired of just getting money. It's, it's about time that we had wealth and started investing and stuff. Um, my name's Ken. I'm Nick. I'm Dave. And you've listened to The Last Call Podcast. Cheers. Go dogs. Go dogs.